Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless as he talks to successful real estate professionals and ask them to share their best advice ever. From deal syndicators to wholesalers, flippers, property managers, pest inspectors, and everyone in between. It's the best ever advice and none of the fluff. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Jason Hartman. Hi, Jason. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. And a little bit about Jason before he gets into his background. He's been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. He's owned income properties in 11 different states. He's the host of many different shows, uh, 20 actually to be exact. Uh, His most prominent one is the Creating Wealth show. So check it out on uh, iTunes. You can go to his website, jasonhartman.com forward slash podcast and see that. And he's also got other interesting shows like the American Monetary Association show where he educates people on monetary policy. Um, so with that being said, Jason, can you tell the best ever listeners a little bit more about your real estate investing background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, so my uh, my story is basically uh, grew up without much money in the way of financial resources. At 16, I saw an infomercial for a real estate guru, uh, bought his book, read three chapters, put it down. Uh, two years later, I'm about to graduate from high school. My mom uh, had picked it up, became interested in the topic. And she says, hey, Jason, there's this big real estate seminar in Anaheim. Why don't you come? And so I rounded up nine of my high school friends, got them to go to the weekend seminar. It was basically just a big pitch fest. And uh, by uh, Saturday morning, only one of the nine was left besides myself. By Sunday afternoon, it was just me. Everyone had gone to the beach. <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I, I, Earl Nightingale was one of my early mentors uh, back then. And I remember him saying, you know, just learn the basics first whenever it comes to something you want to do. And he said, you want to get rich in real estate? Learn the business first. First. And so I got my real estate license my first year of college, and I started selling real estate part time to investors. And, uh, you know, I was just driving around in my little uh, Volkswagen Jetta showing people these uh, beat up, uh, crappy properties in Orange County, California, Los Angeles, the Inland Empire, Riverside, San Bernardino County. And um, about six months later, when I was just 20 years old, I bought my first income property from a client of mine. It was in Huntington Beach, California. And the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> so what, what do you spend the majority of your time focused on right now? 
Well, basically now uh, I've got uh, several businesses. Uh, I recently became a real estate developer uh, almost a year ago now. I guess it's not that recent anymore. And uh, of course, I'm investing. I've got my own portfolio of single-family homes and apartment buildings, and uh, I, you know, managing that, and then helping clients purchase properties nationwide. Uh, we've got a, uh, basically one of my companies is a referral network where we teach people how to invest. We provide referrals to specific markets that we've vetted and we recommend and specific providers of those properties that we vetted and recommend. And uh, we basically help connect them and help them invest nationwide and and build nice diversified portfolios. Uh, One of our markets is your hometown, and that's uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. Oh, nice. Cowtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not New York City, but hey. <laughs> no, no, it's not New York City. New York the, the City num- wouldn't claim to be have the largest honky tonk. <laughs> yeah, and 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 New York City would not claim to have numbers that work, right? Because uh, yeah. because the rent to value ratios in New York City are terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh! Right across the street from me, there's a building going for sale. And it's selling at a 2.5 cap based on the broker-provided financials. <laughs> oh, my God. So the, the real cap rate or capitalization rate is like probably 1.8. <laughs> Neg- negative 1.8, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> it's, but, you know, like people that invest in high-priced markets, whether they be virtually the whole state of California, New York City, Boston, you know, the expensive Miami. parts of Chicago, Miami, you know, all of those markets, they're just gamblers, man. I mean, they just got to have their head examined. It's gambling. It's not investing. Call it what it is. Well, congratulations on the uh, evolution to, you know, from where you started to where you're at now to now recently becoming a real estate developer. I'm curious what development project or what type of project are you working on? So that is 71 homes in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, it's my first development. I got to tell you, when I was in my early 20s, Joe, I always wanted to be a developer. I always thought that was where the big money was, you know. And I took a bunch of uh, real estate development courses in a uh, certification program at uh, UCI, University of California, Irvine. And I just, by the time I was done with that, I thought it was just way too risky, you know. (laughs) And and, uh, so I finally, like, you know, two decades later, uh, more than two decades later, finally got into development, which I thought I wanted to do much earlier. I just feel that I, you know, have more risk tolerance. Uh, I guess I'm wealthier now. And, uh, uh, you know, I just uh, understand it a little bit better and feel comfortable with it. So, uh, hey, you know, next year, maybe I'll be broke and living out of a refrigerator box. But uh, (laughs) well, then I'll have to interview you again, because that will be a compelling interview as well. (laughs) It'll be a compelling interview. We'll call that the fall. And then (laughs) then when I come back, because it won't take me long to come back. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that's great about like the show you do and the show I do is that, you know, once you really understand money and you understand investments, no one can take that away from you. You know, it, it's something that you really could get back on your feet pretty quickly uh, if you had, hopefully you won't have to go through it, but if you had a, a disaster like that, you know, it's, uh, right. it's, uh, it's the knowledge that's important. So based on your experience through, you know, the whole wealth of, of background that you have from now a developer to uh, where you started out as a broker, single families, multifamilies. And you meet a lot of successful investors through your different shows. 
What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh my gosh, you expect me to narrow that down to one thing. Huh? You have to or you'll kill my show format. <laughs> oh, okay. all right. Well, let's let's give that a try. So my best advice is um, so I have these 10 commandments, right? And uh, the 10 commandments of successful investing, I call them. And one of my favorites is thou, sh- it's number three, it's thou shalt maintain control. And, you know, I have just been burned so many times in my financial life by relinquishing control to somebody else. And I, I like to pick on Wall Street for this, but it's really not just Wall Street. You know, any pooled money investment, um, you know, my, my best advice is going to be be a direct investor. Because if you're not a direct investor, you leave yourself susceptible to three major problems. Number one, you might be investing with a crook. Number two, you might be investing with an idiot. <laughs> and number three, assuming they're honest and competent, they take a huge management fee off the top for managing the deal. And with that, this is really interesting, and I I wholeheartedly agree, um, probably because I'm also the one doing deal syndications for apartment communities, and I'm the one controlling the deal. For people who haven't invested in real estate before and are actually just getting started, they might not know that there's um, an opportunity to invest in real estate and not control a deal. Uh, what are some ways that people do uh, invest in real estate and not control a deal? So let me address that. That's interesting that you bring that up because I do break my own rule from time to time. Okay. And, um, and, and, you know, there, there are times where it is prudent to break it potentially. And here's the key. You've got to at least, you know, you can't do everything as a direct investor unless you're incredibly wealthy. You're going to be precluded from certain opportunities. And some of those opportunities are good ones. Okay. Admittedly. So the caveat to that is that if you can, at least if you're not direct, if at least if you can be close to the deal, okay, the worst thing you can do is go and relinquish your money to the guy at Merrill Lynch or, you know, Ameriprise or some financial services firm that's going to put you into a mix of different funds and different investments where they then relinquish your control again and again and again. I mean, think about it. With a Wall Street type of investment, you know, number one, you link, relinquish control to usually a financial advisor. And then again, control is relinquished to all kinds of market makers and middlemen and investment banks. And then it's relinquished to the people who actually manage the business in which you're investing. So that's the CEO, the board of directors, all the C-class people. You know, I mean, there are just too many cooks in the kitchen. Okay, <laughs> it's it's just too far removed from um, from from control. Okay, so yep, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. When when you're investing or as an investor, at what point should you decide? Okay, it's my turn to control, and I need to control. I need to follow that third commandment, or mm-hmm. I think I should diversify a little bit and invest in other opportunities and have someone else work on my behalf to increase my value. Right, right. That's a great question, Joe. So I break my rule 
when number one, I've already made a lot of money in direct real estate investments that I own and control. Okay. So I've got, I've got money that, you know, if I lose it, it won't ruin me. Okay. Number one. Okay. So you're not relinquishing your life's fortune uh, to somebody else. And I'll give you an example of that. That's actually, uh, you know, somewhat known to me, you know, I, I didn't really know anybody that actually got burned by like Bernie Madoff. Right. But my ex-girlfriend who's now married her in-laws, you know, her husband's parents uh, invested almost all of their life's fortune with Bernie Madoff and lost oh, it all. No. It was about it was about three million bucks, and um, it's just poof, it's gone. Okay, and um, you know Kevin Bacon, the famous actor, same thing. You know he was invested heavily with uh, Bernie Madoff and and basically lost it all except for his own home and the money in his checking account. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. heart-wrenching. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable, right? Um, so so when I break my rule is, number one, when I have enough money to diversify, okay, and I'm not putting it all in that one basket, and number two, when I want to get involved in a bigger opportunity that I just can't do myself. You know, occasionally, I mean, you're, you just can't do everything. Like, you know, when all of these REO investments came along, you know, during the financial crisis, you can't buy a pool of, you know, 6,000 REO properties by yourself, unless you're super wealthy, right? So you might have to pool your money to do something like that. Uh, if you want to invest in a big apartment deal, and I, you know, I own uh, two different apartment complexes now, I used to own three, and I had partners in them, okay? You know, I was not the sole owner. And, um, you know, you, you just can't do everything yourself. So that's when I break my rule. You know, Makes but, sense. but by and large, by and large, for the typical like middle and upper middle class investor, you can be a direct investor. And, you know, that's the way to build the wealth. And after you create that wealth, you know, you can diversify it a little. And, you know, there, there's an old saying, um, concentration creates wealth and diversification perpetuates wealth. Uh, most people are in the wealth creation stage, or at least they think they are, and they're screwing around being massively diversified into all sorts of things they don't control. And they never get there because of that. You've got to concentrate and focus. And I think income property is without exception the most historically proven investment in American history, if not all world history. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Go for it. <laughs> best ever book you've read. Oh, and here you expect me to pick one again. <laughs> Only one. Well, you know what? I had someone who went to MIT, and then he went to Harvard, and he had to pick three. So if <laughs> I was like, of course, someone who went to MIT and Harvard won't just pick one book. You totally ruined the format. And he's like, well, well I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. <laughs> I didn't even go to MIT or Harvard. Darn it. <laughs> I, can barely, I can barely spell MIT. <laughs> You're hanging out with all those brilliant East Coast people. That's one of the things I love about like. New York City, you know, everybody's so educated. It's great. Um, but uh, so my three best books, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, and Earl Nightingale's Greatest Discovery, which may well be out of print, but it's awesome. Earl Nightingale's Greatest Discovery. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. 
Ooh, God, that one's really hard too. Um, should I say skydiving, um, overcoming fear and skydiving? Um, you know, just anything where you overcome your fear like that and you've got to, you know, push against a fear, I think is really, really a growth oriented experience. It might be public speaking for me. I, you know, I'd have to say skydiving was pretty tough one for me when they opened the door to that plane, Joe, and people started jumping out. I thought, Oh my God, what am I doing? (laughs) And and I I didn't tell my mom I was going because she would have killed me herself. Good, good. And uh, and afterwards I called her up and <laughs> she just about had a fit. But there you go. Once you landed safely on the ground, <laughs> what when you look back on skydiving and the fears that you had, what comes to mind? Um, you know, just that instinct for self preservation. It's built into all of us. And um, the funny thing that happened when skydiving, of course, I only did it once because I didn't want to push my luck. (laughs) And um, uh, the funny thing that happened is uh, the instructor who I was tandem jumping with was talking, you know, I I went with a bunch of friends and uh, and he's talking with the instructor next to me. And, you know, uh, I'm I'm strapped uh, to him and and then my other friend is uh, strapped to the other instructor. They start talking. So and, and so the guy next to him, they're playing this joke. And he says, uh, so how do you feel? And he goes, oh, I'm okay now. And, and I said, oh, what happened? You weren't feeling so well? And he said, yeah, I just got out of the hospital. And, he, and I go, oh, wow, why were you in the hospital? And he says, well, I tried to commit suicide. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he, they, they probably do that to everybody. Oh you know? my and God. here I'm going to go jump out of a plane with this guy who's suicidal. <laughs> oh, that's great. So that- I don't know. That's my learning experience from skydiving. Best ever success habit you practice? Oh, man. Um, You ask some good questions, you know, Uh, because you always make us boil it down to like one or three. I'd say for financial success, it's it's just doing it. It's um, cultivating the thing that I call rational recklessness. And I was influenced by another great book by Michael Masterson, that's a pen name, not his real name, um, called Ready, Fire, Aim. And I do think, Joe, there is a lot of wisdom just in action itself, even if we make a lot of mistakes, uh, just by doing something, at the very least, we're going to get an education, if not a success. And we might get a good success out of it, too. So saying yes and being a little bit reckless. I tend to have this perfectionistic uh, kind of thing I got to overcome, you know, and some of us do, you know, so being a little rationally reckless. I love that. And I'm reading a book now called The Magic of Thinking Big. Oh, it's a great book. Yeah, Swartz. And and he talks about when presented an opportunity, do it regardless of if you think you have enough time because you will find the time yeah. you will if, if you are seek if you're asking the right questions as tony robbins would say and you're uh you're on purpose and you are presented an opportunity that well it will be a challenge but you'll find a way to make it happen and mm-hmm. i love the rational recklessness you know you know what it reminds me of is that movie yes man with jim carrey did you see that 
I think perhaps well, I might be getting that confused with liar, liar. Yo, that was awesome. I love yeah. that. That was hilarious. They ought to call that lawyer, lawyer. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but uh, in Yes Man, you know, he just, he can't say no to anything. And so he says yes to everything and gets himself into all kinds of trouble seemingly at first. But I think that's a good lesson for life because him saying yes to everything ultimately it shows just how that worked out pretty well you know it uh it's amazing i there's wisdom in action and recklessness a little bit i'm not saying be recklessness i'm a pretty conservative guy but uh rational recklessness is a good thing to cultivate i love that and that also reminds me of improv if you take an improv class they say the number one rule of improv is to say yes to everything and then build off that with each other and collectively as long as you say yes you continue the scene so Mm -hmm. if anyone wants to practice that skill set specifically take an improv class and you'll start conditioning your mind to say yes to everything and and really building on what you're presented that's a good idea because as soon as the the you say no the improv has to end right it's just over yep yeah good idea good advice best ever deal you've done Okay, so my best deal is going to be a little one, and it's going to be an old one. Certainly, there have been deals where I've made way more money than this. But return on investment-wise, my second deal is my best deal, I'm going to say. Okay, and here it is. Uh, Basically, I uh, bought uh, my second property when I was like 22 years old. And it was a, uh, a, a little condo for $102,000 in Irvine, California. I bought that property and I borrowed the down payment from my late grandmother and uh, put 10000 down of her money. And 11 months later, I, after paying 102000 for it, I sold it for one sixty, paid granny back with some interest. And my return, I would say, was 600% return on investment in 11 months, not even a year, 11 months. But it was actually infinite because I didn't use my own money. Right. Yeah. I love that. So so it's not my biggest deal. I've certainly made lots more on bigger deals, but that was, I'm going to say, my best deal. <laughs> it set the foundation and the momentum yeah. for you moving oh, forward. It, it sure did. It sure did. And I imagine it was less about the money. It was more about the aha moment uh, moment of, wow, this is possible. Yeah. Let me scale this out and see how I can do this more often. Right. Absolutely. You know, you know, income property is just such a great investment because it has multidimensional characteristics. You know, it has, it has special characteristics that other investments do not have. And that's what's great about it. You know, the leverage is one of them, but there are others. It's, it's, it's. It's the best investment, no question. Best ever quote. Oh, best ever quote. I'm going to go with a Zen saying, and that is really simple. That's why I like it. It's simple and easy to remember. And it's kind of what we've been, ta- what we've been talking about, Joe. So it, it sort of falls along the same lines. And it is to know and not to do is to not yet know. To know and not to do is to not yet know. Sounds like something Yoda would say too. Yeah, yeah, that's, that does sound like something Yoda would say. <laughs> to be or not to wait. What does he say? Well, that's uh, Shakespeare, right? There, there, yeah, that's Shakespeare. <laughs> do or 
do not do. There is no try. And you know, that's a great quote. That is a Yoda. Yeah. 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 I'll I'll say that with people. uh, Sometimes, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I'll drop a pen on the ground and I'll say, hey, will you pick up the pen? And they'll pick it up and I'll say, no, don't pick it up. Just try. Just try to pick it up. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You either do it or you don't. Like Get off the fence. Jason, what's the best ever place to reach you? Uh, best place to reach me is at my website, which is jasonhartman.com, J-A-S-O-N-H-A-R-T-M-A-N.com. And if you're interested in any of the other shows, not relating necessarily directly to real estate investing, that's hartmanmedia.com, hartmanmedia.com. And you said that's the best place, but I want to make sure that's also the best ever place to oh, reach you. Is that, well. is that the same thing? <laughs> You always want to boil it down to one thing, don't you? Yeah, so uh, I'll just go with jasonhartman.com. All right, well, I'll keep it all in there. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jason, for joining the Best Ever listeners. And you know, your experience is uh, just, it's incredible to hear where you came from, what you're up to now, how your career has involved, the insight that you have, because you're, you do a, a fantastic job. I've listened to your shows. Not all 20 of them, I'll admit. I didn't know you had 20 of them, but I've listened to a lot of your shows, and I, I think you have great advice, and I'm, I'm happy and I'm, I'm grateful that you were able to come on the show and share your advice with the best ever listeners. Hey, Joe, likewise, thank you for having me, and keep up the good work. You know This is really important stuff that you do, so keep getting the good words out there. All right. Thanks a lot. Hey, you, best ever listener, do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 